Podcast One. You know how much the marketing world has changed in the past few years, right? That's why you listen to the show, to stay on top of the latest trends. Well, today's episode takes your trend watching to a whole new level, as Australia's leading consumer futurist and I have a solid conversation about exactly what you should be doing to supercharge the marketing of that beautiful business of yours. It's a sci-fi type episode 454 of the award-winning Small Business Big Marketing Podcast. Yeah, I said, welcome to a small business marketing show where successful small business owners share their souls to take your marketing straight to the lead. Now, here's your host, Mr. Tim Bowie. And welcome back to your weekly dose of marketing stargazing. I'm your host, Timbo Reed. You, infinitely more importantly, are a motivated business owner ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. And if that's not enough and you're itching to fast track your marketing, then let's connect with a one-on-one coaching session, which you can book with me over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. Big episode today, consumer futurist Amanda Stevens joins us in a wide-ranging chat about how the marketing world has changed so much over the past few years and how you can make the most of those changes. And another listener shares what marketing is working for them and wins over $1,000 worth of prizes in this week's Monster Prize Draw. As per usual, team, there is marketing G-O-L-D dripping. Yes, tripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Let's meet Amanda Stevens. Now, there's some things you need to know about Amanda. She's one of my best mates. She is an ace, ace chick. And it was absolutely instrumental. And I'm going to say this publicly because I want to, and she deserves it. She was instrumental in helping me through a marriage separation I went through last year. So, uh, Steve-O, I know you're listening because you like listening to your interviews. Thank you. Another thing you need to know about her is we are competitors, which I love. She speaks at around 100 conferences each year. I don't speak at that many. She talks about marketing. I talk about marketing, and we help each other along. I love that. Steve-O also, you call, you'll hear me call her Steve-O. That's her, you know, it's a abbreviation of her surname. That's what us Aussies do. She runs workshops, marketing workshops. She coaches. She's often seen as the, in the media as a commentator on the state of small business in Australia. She calls herself a consumer futurist and she spends her waking hours understanding how business owners like you can make the most of current consumer trends, which are changing all the time, right? So this chat is all about how you can embrace those trends for the best. All up, Amanda Stevens is one of the best marketing brains in the country. So I started off by asking Amanda what she thought small business owners are getting wrong in regards to their marketing in 2019. I think a couple of things. I think firstly, a lot of small business owners, in fact, probably most small business owners, are marketing the way they were 12 months ago. Mm. And that's a problem because- Or 12 years. Well, yeah, that's a bigger <laughs> problem. But even 12 months is a problem because consumers are changing so rapidly now that what worked 12 months ago is potentially not going to work at all now. Mm. So mm. I think that not evolving their marketing is probably the biggest issue, not reevaluating it um, and playing it safe. 
I think, you know, we're going to talk today about stepping outside your comfort zone yep. with your marketing, which is so necessary now. So I think that, yeah, I think playing it safe and doing what they've always done, yeah. expecting to get the results that perhaps they have always got. There you go. It's a good quote. Uh, that playing it safe, you know, in one of my keynotes, I talk about podcasting. I talk about video, as you probably you do. And I used to say as a call to action at the end of a chunk around podcasting or video marketing, I would say, you know, maybe maybe take a look at video or mm. maybe start listening to some podcasts. I've changed those slides, which now say, start a podcast, mm. start video marketing. There's no more excuses. I'm not suggesting this conversation is all about those two forms of content marketing, but my point is stop tiptoeing around. You know, if they're long-time listeners to the show, if they're consuming other marketing content, content, reading books like yours, they should be implementing some of these braver marketing ideas that are going to lead to better results. Absolutely. I mean, video is not a nice to have anymore. It's just a must do. Mm. Um, if you are trying to market your small business without using video, you are climbing a mountain that's far steeper than it needs to be. Yeah. That's just the reality. Um, and I think there's, you know, I talk about the six videos you need in your business, but and a lot of people say, I just don't know where to start. And I say, just start. Mm. It doesn't need to be perfect. It's, uh, such, it's such a cliche, but sometimes cliches are there. Cliches are cliches for a reason, yeah. right? <laughs> and and just starting is, I was talking to a guy yesterday, Andrew Banks from yep. Shark Tank, past guest to this show, and he wanted to do some videos and he's of this mindset, it's got to be TV, right? It's got to be Hollywood production. Say, so, mate, as you're boarding a plane and you need to get it, shoot a video off for some client or something, get the smartphone out and say, hey, it's Andrew here, I'm boarding the plane. Mm. Just want to send a quick note because people love that. There's a bit of kind of... bit of authenticity. bit of authenticity yeah. behind the scenes, yeah. bit of voyeurism. Yeah. So, um, okay, one of the points, so what are they getting wrong? Uh, the consumer's changing quickly. Uh, they're not keeping up. They're doing the same old marketing. I'll add to that that they have these limiting beliefs. They, many small business owners, have limiting beliefs around... Great marketing is going to take a lot of time. It's going to cost a lot of money. It's complicated. I've got to outsource it. Oh, I've got to outsource it. I've got to get a funky mic. I've got to get a studio. I've got to get an editor, a graphic designer. I've got to do all these things. You know, my wish around that is that if people like you and I can help them see marketing as a hobby, it sounds a bit wacky, I know, mm. but if they see it as a hobby, you know, when something's a hobby, you love doing it. You can't wait to do it again. You'll find some dough to throw at it, some time to throw at it, and it's just a fun thing to do. And also, the more you do it, do it, the better you got at it. You get the, be wow. the better you get at it. Got so, at it. Got, <laughs> um, the more you do it, the better you get at it. Mm -hmm. So, videos, you know, again coming back to that, it's just about starting. And yep. the more you do it, the more comfortable you'll be with it, mm -hmm. um, and the more naturally it will come to you. Totally. Totally. And and enjoy that uncomfortableness because that's people like that. I mean, particularly if you're a service business, people buy from people, right? So mm. if you've got to stutter, stutter. If you're a bit nervous, be nervous. Um and ah, and you'll get better at it. I mean, I look back to my first episode, a little bit embarrassing. Mm, it Even is like actually. The wow. last you episode. I wasn't, really? No. No, 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 just no, it's okay with that. I'm always <laughs> open to constructive criticism. Anyway, lovely to have you on the show and um, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, they're doing a few things wrong. They could be doing things better. We're not here to castigate them for what they're doing wrong. We're here to inspire them as to what they could be doing. No, and I think if there's one message for them to take out of this episode with their marketing, it's that 
it's it's a it's time to be brave with your marketing. It's time to be brave to yes. do things that make you feel uncomfortable, that take you outside your comfort zone, that uh, force you to tell your story a little bit more, which makes small business owners feel uncomfortable sometimes. Yep. But that is where the magic is, and that's where their unique their unique yes. brand um, proposition is. You know, no one can compete with you. And I think we're in an era where storytelling is just a critical, fundamental part of marketing, whether you like it or not. And your story, your why is something that none of your competitors can compete with. Mm -hmm. So the more that you're injecting and incorporating that into your marketing, the greater competitive advantage you're creating with your marketing. So by being brave, let's explore that because I love the idea of, you know, more and more business owners being brave. Does that mean... They then they they need to stop their Facebook ads and going to networking events and cancel the local paper. You know, ten by two they've been running, or do they continue to do that? But they also look and edge out of that square into things like what? Yeah, content marketing. So making a video that tells your story about why you decided to become a financial planner, um, why you decided to start your business, uh, what you do that's unique, what. You know, for, mm-hmm. we, you and I talk about video content. There's so much you can do with it. Frequently asked questions, and really leveraging that content, and being brave enough to put it out there, knowing that not all, not everyone's going to like it. Mm. I think that as small business owners, now more than ever, we need to take the risk with our marketing, knowing that sometimes it might be polarizing, and we need to be comfortable with. You know, we ha- we need to have the courage to be disliked. Yep. Um, because I think playing it safe is boring. It, it's it's just not going to get cut through. Mm. So I think being a successful small business owner uh, marketer now is about being brave and producing marketing that literally cuts through the noise. Yep. Okay. So I'm going to just go through those six videos you talked about because clearly video is one aspect of being brave. Why is video brave? It's because you've got to put yourself out there in front of a camera and that feels awkward. It's potentially complicated, I suppose. It's not, but many think it is. Uh, potentially expensive. It's not. Many think it is. So um, what are the six videos that most small business, all small business owners should be creating? You want to run through those? Yeah, so um, they all start with peace. They're easy to remember. Clever. And we'll put a was that link. just like your OCD kicking in? Yeah, Or was it just so an I absolute coincidence? Them. Just so I can remember them. <laughs> so the first one is a pretty think, good story. Yeah, well, your positioner. So your positioner video is your story. Um, what is it about you or your business that is unique? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's about the, the video that positions you in the unique part, in the unique... Stop it. Sorry. I'm making faces uh, at a man. I'm trying to make a so laugh. So immature. I know. Um, yeah, so it positions you okay. in your sector, in the hearts and minds of your I'm guessing audience. you've done each of these uh, six videos. You have an example in your own business. So what's, yes. what's an example? of you? What's your positioning video? What, what are you going on about? Yeah, so last year I produced a video which actually was a game changer for my business and that a video that I called 2018, the year of the customer. So it positioned, I wanted to be positioned as, be known as that. the expert in anything to do with customer, customer service, customer experience, uh, the future of consumers. And so, yeah, I produced a video that was called 2018, Brilliant. the year so, of the customer. So, so the positioning video, yeah. the, the question you need to ask in order to go and record that is, what do I want to be known for? Yeah, what do you want to be famous for? What do you want to be famous Love it. Yeah. 
That's a great because again, some small business owners will cringe at that. You know, someone oh, and I won't name names because that would be unfair. But you know, they would. Um, but I remember when I worked in advertising, uh, my boss Peter Cleminger at the time said to me one day, he said, "Tim, do you know why you're here?" And I said, oh, "I'm here to create advertising for clients." He goes, "No, you're not. You're here to make your clients famous." Mm. And now, as small business owners, you make your own. You can make yourself famous. So love it. Okay. Positioning. And remember that you don't need to be famous. You don't need to be famous. You just need to be famous to the right number of people. Yes. You know, Seth Godin says, don't try and be famous to everyone. Just be just be famous to the 3,000 people that matter. You don't need to have an epic number of um, people in your tribe. You just need to be epic to the people in your tribe. So the idea there is identify your tribe. Classic, again, let's go back to marketing 101 here. Go back and identify your tribe, understand who they are, not just demographically, but what keeps them up at night, what does success look like for them, how do, how can you make them feel good, what's the biggest question they have that you can solve. And in knowing that, then your positioning video will so, sort of flow out, I would have thought. Mm, and, and be helpful nice. to them and, and, and be very clear who you are and what you stand for and what you can do for your tribe. Okay, next video. Um, next one is what I call point of view. So that's having a point of view on it. It could be a current topic. Uh, it could be, um, you know, what you stand for. It could be an opinion piece. Uh, and again, this is about producing content and marketing that potentially polarises people. Uh, but that's, you know, that's where we get traction and that's where we get attention and that's where we cut through the noise. Your positioning video goes on the front of your website, I'm guessing. Yep. Where's a point of view video go? So that's, that sounds like a blog to me, yeah, like a one-off. video blog. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's a number of ways that you can repurpose that as well. Um, so, yeah, obviously across social channels. Okay. So it is a one-off that at a point in time you've gone, and you might have a number of point of views. Yes. Like, you know, uh, I know you want to talk about the Nike ad uh, shortly uh, in regards to being brave and being epic uh, in your marketing. But So that could be a point of view. Just seeing this ad, you know, you have a point of view on it, how it can apply to other businesses, yeah? Yeah. So it's okay. a, point of, a point of view is more about this is what you believe about a particular topic. Right. And the next one um, that I talk about is perspective. So this is a little bit different. So this is your perspective on a current issue. So, for example, we're recording this um, this podcast today on International Women's Day, which is a topical um, date or an event that happens, and you might record a video that is your point of view on a current event. Or it could be something that's newsworthy, something that's come out, perhaps you know, the Royal Commission reports come out. So if you're a mortgage broker, you might produce a video on what your point of view is mm-hmm. um, on that, or your perspective on that particular topic And that's event. putting a stake in the ground and standing for something. Yeah. Yeah. Polarising people, potentially big deal. polarising, but potentially to your tribe, being very clear on what you stand for and having an opinion. Manda? Happy International Women's Happy, Day. Thank you. When's International Men's Day is more important to well, me? Well, wouldn't, wouldn't it be great when we don't need International <laughs> Women's Day? Correct. It can be International Everything Day. International People's Day. Yes. Which is kind of every day, really. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine the Martians looking down and go, why are they kind of just kind of separating that 50% of the population and having a day for them? They wouldn't like talk like that. They'd have a Martian <laughs> they'd have voice. A, they'd they wouldn't a, sound like me. What would a Martian voice sound like? I don't know. We'd have to put some kind of audio kind of weird sound effect over it. But anyway, so video number four. Uh, video number four is 
promotional. So this is where you use short form video to promote a particular event, uh, could be an offer that you have, some sort of promotion or discount or package right. or something that's short has a short term offer around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I use promotional videos for example, to promote events that I'm speaking at. Um, so, yeah, these these obviously have a shorter lifespan. Mm-hmm. So um, not all these videos, when you said six videos every business must have, I was thinking six sort of evergreen videos that sit, you know, on your social, on your website, you know, in your email signature. But, no, some of these are quite tactical and uh, have a short life. Mm-hmm. Others are evergreen, right? Yeah, others uh, you can repurpose ongoing for a long time. This is brave right here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is, I mean, doing video, even for someone like me who, you know, I speak for a living, mm-hmm. I sometimes get anxious around doing sure. video because it is, particularly if you're doing a point of view or a perspective video, it is putting yourself out there. Can we just talk about that for a minute, the anxious thing, the nerves thing? Mm. You speak all the time. I podcast every week, speak occasionally. Uh the nerves are there. I'm glad they're there. It's a good they thing. They make you show up. Yeah. You know, if, if if anyone's listening thinking, oh, it's all right for Tim and Amanda, they could go and smash these videos out. No, we can't. No, we can't. We plan them. We run through them in our minds. Uh, we know that we're going to be nervous still when we get to the, when someone hits record, there's a certain weird mm. change in your body chemistry mm. that you kind of have to control in order to not speak like this as soon as the record button goes on and allocute every word to within an inch of its life. Uh, the nerves are good. And again, just be yourself, mm. you know? Mm. Which, you know, it is, it's a challenge. I sometimes, when I'm doing videos, I find if I'm doing a few in a row, start to get into my newsreader voice. Yes. Presenting. So I've got to, yeah, I've got to pull myself up. Everyone has their own idiosyncrasies and challenges and fears when it comes to video. And I think the biggest fear is not the recording and the making of the video. It's sometimes the, um, it's sometimes the releasing of the video. Yes. That's sometimes yes. where the nerves, and that, that's I think right. that's what stops a lot of people wanting to do video because they know they've then got to release it into the ether, yeah. whether that's on a social channel or on their blog. And then it's that, waiting and fearful of what will people think and... And there's this mindset like, oh, there's all these people waiting for me to hit the <laughs> launch button and post and publish. It's yeah, like, what? actually, there's no, no one? No. No one? No one. So just go for it and be brave. But sometimes, uh, you, sometimes you do get lucky and you have a video or a piece of content that goes viral and we'll talk about that okay. um, in a moment. Uh, number five? This is the one I think that a lot of small business owners struggle with and that's their personal video. Oh, yeah. So this is what I mentioned before about your why. So what is your story? And sometimes your customers will engage with why you do what you do just as much as what you do. Yes. And this is, again, this is your opportunity to create a competitive advantage through your story because no one can compete with that. Um, So I think that this is about getting very clear on what your story is, what's your why, and telling that in a really emotional way. And that often gets really incredible cut through. And this was actually a real surprise for me. I recorded a video... I was finding that a lot of people were asking me how I got into speaking and when I told them the story, they were like, oh, that's really interesting. And so even though I was talking to audiences about this, the importance to tell your story, I was not doing it myself. Hmm. So it was a real aha moment for me. And I recorded this video called Meet Amanda and it was the story about how I got into speaking and, you know, just my journey really. Mm -hmm. And what's been really interesting for me is that when I send proposals out, I get the software I use... um, gives me very in gives me real insights around how people are interacting with the content in that proposal 
And what surprised me even is that of all of the, the videos that I put into my proposals, the Meet Amanda video gets the most engagement. Hmm. So it's not the expensive show, fancy show reels yeah, that yeah, I put yeah. in there. It's actually this, you know, quite um, inexpensive, raw. Bit, bit raw video yep. about my story and how I got into speaking. And, you know, again, many listeners are going, oh, but my story, I don't have a story. Everyone has a story. Everyone. It doesn't matter what you do, um, there is a story there about your why, yeah. or how you got into it, or what it is that gets you up in the morning. So I was speaking at a conference a few years ago, a bunch of insurance brokers, bloke at the back of the room, about 70. He looked like Bob Catter. Uh, for overseas listeners, that's an Australian Sorry, politician. Sorry, a good-looking rooster then. <laughs> a bit of a wacko. <laughs> uh, his name was Jack. Uh, Jack, uh, we started talking about why. I said, everyone's got a story. Jack goes, I haven't got a story. I said, you probably have. I said, why did you become an insurance broker? He goes, I like helping people. I go, that's not your story, Jack, and I think there's something deeper. And he paused, he got a little bit emotional, and he reflected back on when he was a young man uh, uh, in late teens, his father passed away. Mm-hmm. He, um, his family, were t- his kids, were, his, his brothers and sisters taken out of school, had to sell the family house. They didn't know where their next meal was coming from. Uh, he said the reason for that is dad never had insurance, and as a result, mum wasn't working, so as a result... We were left destitute. He made a point when he was 17 that he was never going to let that happen to his family if he was ever lucky enough to have one, and that's why he sells insurance. Wow. Right there. Yeah. Who's not going to buy insurance from Jack? Yeah. That's his story. He, he's not selling insurance. No. He's actually in it for the emotional reason. Absolutely. And, and this is, again, what we as small business owners have to come back to is what are, what's the real business you're in? Yes. And the answer to that question is often how you can make that personal video. And again, it's it's just such a powerful marketing tool. There's so many ways that you can use it and it's your story, Not none of your competitors can compete with that or touch yeah. you when you're brave enough to tell that story. True. Uh, video number six? Uh, this is proof. So this is oh, yeah. uh, testimonial videos, um, using case studies. Again, really, really powerful, really underutilised strategy in business. Some people have testimonials on their video on their website, but there's a big difference between a static testimonial that says, you know, Tim R from Noosa says yes. da 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 yeah. and a really beautiful video that tells the story of, you know, more of a case study format. So I yeah. think that proof videos, again, uh, that is epic marketing right there because yeah. it's it's okay. storytelling at its Look, finest. Uh, you and I didn't come together today to talk about video marketing, but it is a great example of being brave in your marketing. It's a great example of forcing small business owners to step out of their comfort zone and start to do some things in the, around their, their own personal brand and their business brand that are going to challenge them, make them feel uncomfortable. But in, at the end of the day, it's actually not about them or about us. It's about their customers. How would you describe yourself, Steve? I was going to say... I'm the consumer futurist. Like that, Mm. the consumer futurist. And I know you've put a bit of work into that. And again, great example. I mean, you can say you're a marketing speaker, but, you know, you've put thought into it and positioned yourself. Because, I mean, the thinking around that is, A, you want to be known as the person who represents the consumer on behalf of the business owner. And you also know the word futurist in the world of speaker bureaus and the world of people Mm. who book conferences is a kind of hot word, mm. right? And it's interesting to know what are the hot words in your industry. So you've come combine those and as a result, you're charging about 50 grand a keynote, which I think is fantastic. <laughs> if only. I wouldn't be sitting here if I was. <laughs> wow, um, no, really? I mean, of course I would. Really? Of course I would. 
Um, yeah, look, I think this bring this comes back to I think a really critical piece of the jigsaw that small business owners need to get right now more than ever, which is your positioning. And I think that in this noisy world that we're living in in business and with things changing so rapidly, we need to get cut through and our posi- it's got to start with our positioning. So I've worked pretty hard in the last almost 12 months and I've consulted external experts and really have nailed, have landed on consumer futurists hmm. as an evolution of where I've been. Um, so it wasn't a huge, it's not a huge shift from what I've been doing or what I've been known as, but it's just a very clear position of, you know, I'm the one who understands consumers and also can help businesses look to the future, which is what we're all needing to do. So let's talk about the consumer. You said they've changed and many business owners aren't keeping up in regards to their marketing. How has the consumer changed in the past 12 months? That's a very short period of time. Mm, I think things are changing so rapidly, mainly driven by technology. Um, You know, consumers, the way that consumers are purchasing now, the way we're interacting with brands, the way we're forming brand loyalty is very different to what it was even 12 months ago. And we look at certain industries, you know, I talk about some trends that are really interesting trends that are happening with the way that consumers are purchasing. Um, one is the kit economy, for kit. example. So we're, we're now looking for convenience. You know, convenience is driving a lot of purchase decisions now more than ever because we're all so time poor. We view our time now as consumers um, as far more valuable than we did even 12 months ago. We're all valuing our own time more and more because we've got less of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so really smart marketers are coming up with solutions that not only save their customers time but potentially give them time and also, and do that in a really clever way that gets cut through. So, for example, HelloFresh is a great example of a brand that hasn't been in Australia for that long. Um, 2011, they delivered their first box in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those of you who don't know, it's HelloFresh is a kit, meal kit service where you get a delivery once a week, which has meal kits in it that make preparing a meal, a delicious meal, really easy. Mm-hmm. It takes out the two most time consuming aspects of cooking. One is deciding what to cook and secondly is the shopping. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's There's probably a premium that you pay for that. Uh, so HelloFresh delivered its first box in Australia in 2011 and last year they turned over $200 million. Wow. All so the kit economy is alive and well. So I say, kit, to, and you mean kit as in like you mean literally a kit? Like HelloFresh comes in a box. Yeah, is that the kit? kit? Yeah, it's a kit. Okay, so, so how, it's, a, it's it's tapping into the convenience economy, really. Okay, yeah. it, can that apply to a service based business? Can we think of like I've just given the old accountants a bit of a serve the way they talk. Absolutely. How, how could a, an accountant or a, a masseur or a chiropractor? Uh, you know, embrace uh, the kit economy. By making it easy to purchase, that they might look at a more of a subscription model, which uh-huh. is essentially a kit. So we don't need to look at this literally like it has to be a physical kit. It doesn't have to be a physical kit. It. it could be, yeah, it could it's be like a service-based a, kit. A package, yeah, like, you know, package. the yeah. travel industry package mm-hmm. things up so that it's not just an airfare and a, a you know, a, a 10 nights accommodation, but they give it a romance package or the kids escape package or whatever it is. Yeah, so I'm working with some hairdressers at the moment around how they can tap into the kit economy. So bundling their services with their physical product and adding value into that and mm-hmm. then giving offering basically a monthly subscription um, where people know that they get, customers know they're getting incredible value, but from the hairdresser's point of view, it's delivering them a very predictable ongoing mm-hmm. um, revenue stream. So I think, you know, if you think about our own 
purchase behaviours, how many subscriptions we're a part of now, um, mm. particularly tech products. But that's we're starting to see that permeate into all sorts of industries. Mm. Okay. So convenience is a, is a key factor in the way consumers are changing. We're, we're chasing convenience because we're time poor. How else are we changing? I mean, technology, in terms of um, the way media has been, is so fragmented these days. I mean, I'd hate to be the boss of a TV station or a TV network because, you know, 10 years ago, good job, everyone's watching telly, but all of a sudden, you know, how often do we watch telly? Netflix, we've got Stan. I was at a dinner party last night with five girlfriends, so there were six of us at the table and we, we had this very conversation we worked out that it had been a minimum of six weeks since any of us have watched commercial television. <laughs> it's unreal, now, isn't it? Back when you and I worked in advertising, yeah. um, it was e- if you wanted to target high income earning women twenty five to forty, it was relatively pick easy. Pick the programs. Yeah, pick the programs. Charge hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, and now it's now it's really really hard for big brands, and that but that's really good news for small business owners because yes. it means that you're able to now compete with your biggest competitors. Think of your the biggest operator in your industry and it's now easier for you to compete with them than ever before because 10 years ago they could just outspend you but now it's about being very very clever and there's ways that you can actually outsmart your biggest competitors because you're far more agile you're able to reach the same customer base basically and you can potentially do it in a much smarter cost-effective way yeah i mean i turn the tv on sometimes at night and I think I'm going to, you know, flick through the channels because that's still what's in my psyche, mm. having grown up that way. But within two minutes, I am stuck in the deepest, most far-reaching YouTube black hole that has been ever known to man. Like, I can go from watching behind-the-scenes Rolling Stones footage to listening to what Brian Cox has to say about whether there are Martians <laughs> somewhere out there and then everything in between. I mean, it's quite hilarious. Yeah. And, you know, then I might go and read a blog or, you know, listen to my show. No, I wouldn't listen to my show. I'd listen to another podcast. Um, but it is very fragmented and it's great because, as you say, all these changes are playing right into the hands of the small business owner because we, we the, the small guys, can now compete against brands with much deeper pockets. Absolutely. And compete in ways that sometimes we don't realise just the opportunity and advantage that we have. You know, I talk to a lot of small business owners about, um, marketing, creating epic marketing from the inside out. Uh, and what I mean by that is realising that your customer experience is such a huge part of your marketing. It's no longer, well, marketing exists here and your customer service sits over here. Your the, the experience that your customers are having with your brand is now an integral part of your marketing, much more so, I think, than even what you're doing with your brand externally. And that's where small business owners have an advantage over big businesses because, you know, I'm sure we've all been into big retailers recently and had an awful customer experience because... God, they bore me. It's awful. They bore me. Going to, you know, like, I'm going to say it because they're never going to sponsor this show. Like a Myers. (laughs) Go to my (laughs) go. Or a David Jones. I mean... Isn't You're lucky a, if you can find someone to I know. serve you, to take your money, let alone actually yeah, actually help you. It's just boring. But this is where small business owners need to get really excited, particularly for the retailers who are listening. You know, I know for a fact that it's pretty rare for big retailers to invest in their staff because their view is, well, if I train, you know, because retail's viewed very differently as a career here compared to, say, yes. the United States. 
where it, where it's a career. You go into retail and you, you know, literally that is your career path. Yeah. Here it's a stepping stone. Um, Here it's an inconvenience. It's an inconvenience. So so retailers and you know, the big, name any big retailer and their view is, well, on, what you, if... You name one. Go no, on. You I get into trouble. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, if I, uh, what if I train my staff and they leave? And I say, what if you don't train them and they stay? Stay, yes. And so this is where, again, you know, I keep saying it, but small business owners have an opportunity to create a competitive advantage through delivering epic experiences for their customers. Well, let's talk about that. You know, one of my most popular episodes of all time almost is, is with Joshua Nichols from Platinum Electricians who goes through yeah. the 21-step customer mantra, which is all about the customer experience. I've, in fact, I replayed that only about a year ago. It, customer experience, just redefine briefly what it is and how can a small business owner go about creating one that's going to completely separate them from their competition? Yeah, I mean, Josh is a good example where he's built his entire business on the competitive, on, on the customer experience as his competitive advantage. And you know, my whole mantra is you, you're, you're, I guess, in business, what you need to be doing is not striving for satisfied customers. Far too many businesses strive for sat- customer mm. satisfaction. Mm. Um, and customer satisfaction just doesn't cut it anymore. Just not to get a complaint would seem like a good outcome. Yeah, for, for, many. for a lot of b- big businesses. Um, so I, you know, talk about having a customer experience that's literally worthy of a Friday night dinner party conversation. Nice. So everything in your marketing, whether it's your customer experience or your content or your videos, the question you have to ask yourself as a small business owner is, is this shareable? Would I share this? Would I share this video? Would I share this experience? Would I tell my friends? Would I write a review? You know, what is it that's epic about your customer So that, isn't that a great question to ask? Mm. As more and more of our listeners sit down and think about how can I be epic, how can I be brave, instead of thinking about what can I do, think about how can I make what I'm about to do be the conversation of a Friday night dinner party? Yeah. Is it worthy? Is it shareable? Is it epic enough for people to talk about it? Hmm. Okay. So this is easy to say. This is where I get a little bit kind of... I don't know, almost a bit, I feel guilty of saying, well, okay, guys, do shareable stuff. Make mm. sure whatever you do, you sure. know, you're in dinner party conversation, but how? All right, well, let's let's break it down and let's, let's, you know, what I would like to leave the listeners today with is a bit of a model um, using the word epic because that's the theme really is we've got to be epic with our marketing, we've got to be epic with our customer experience. So what does epic actually mean? Um, so epic, let's break it down. So E stands for engaging and enthusiastic. So is your content engaging? And what I mean by that is that, is it interesting? I know that sounds really obvious, but mm-hmm. to, you know, most of the marketing that I see is boring. Yeah, yep. And again, it's what worked, maybe worked 10 years ago. So we've got to be literally willing to be, to do things differently, to be authentic, to be funny, mm-hmm. Um and, and just, Not necessarily funny, but funny is a but nice, funny's a nice, is way a nice to strategy. Do it. Yeah, yeah. So being engaging and enthusiastic. Again, I know this sounds really obvious, but mm. I'm just amazed at how many people when I ask them about their business, they say, oh, I'm, I'm a mortgage broker. Mm. And I just go, really? Mm. Boring. Bore, like, and then I say to them, you know. Don't you help people to realise the biggest purchase decision of their life and move into the home of their life yeah. and live yeah. happily ever after? But they've probably kind of got this mindset that, oh, I create debt for people, but mm. they want it, so I do it. 
which is not... But that's not the enthusiastic answer, is it? No, no. Yeah, so our enthusiasm for our own, you know, our marketing has to start with us as our own ambassador. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got to catch yourself. And and again, using a mortgage broker, for example, I often say to them, don't live in your world, live in your customer's world. Mm -hmm. You're doing this numerous times a week and sometimes you're the way that you have conversations with your customers reflect the fact that you're doing it numerous times a week doesn't reflect the fact that this is potentially the only time this person is going to take out a mortgage. It's the biggest financial decision. So have some enthusiasm around that for them. And to that point, understand, being your customer's head, understand where they're at. Are they excited? Are they nervous? Fearful. Fearful. You know, classic example, a friend of mine called a, a doctor recently. She was in a new area, uh, was nervous about calling, this, uh, setting up an appointment with the doctor. The, the person at the other end of the phone was anything but, you know, engaging or helpful or you don't have to be enthusiastic. Mm. But she, this person working in a doctor's surgery, when you're answering the phone, you probably should be cognizant of the fact that probably a lot of people calling because they're really scared mm. or they're really sick. Mm. So be a bit empathetic towards them. Yeah. Understand where your customer is at and pitch your messages accordingly. Did you say empathetic, Timbo? Because that begins with E as well. Stop it. Can we Engaging, make like... enthusiastic and empathetic. Yeah, or we could like go epic. E- and that would e- be like South African oh, epic. No, New Zealanders. New Zealanders, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So we'll go, we'll add an empathetic to to that. And empathy, I think, is so important. I went to the optometrist recently. I was actually, funnily enough, mystery shopping for an optometry (laughs) client. So I decided to have the whole experience, went and had an eye test. And so I'm just mystery shopping, right? So I didn't expect this to be the outcome that the optometrist said, well, you actually, you know, do have a bit of a issue um, yes. and you need glasses. And so I was sort of a bit taken aback because this is not how this was supposed to go. No. And he could tell that I was a little bit surprised and his exact words to me, I kid you not, was, um, were, don't feel special, this happens to everyone over 40. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> just slap him? I, I just, I, you know, look, from his point of view, he was probably trying to say, look, it happens to everyone. But the fact that he started the sentence with don't feel special. Yeah, wow. So it's a double, it's a double whammy. Yeah, don't worry. I didn't feel special. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Wow. So yeah, so, so that's again, that's a really good example of a conversation and a customer experience that's coming from his world, not his customer's world. Correct. Correct. And it is. I mean, as business owners, it is hard. We we forget. We get stuck in our own little world and our own little ways. And it's great to have that tap on the shoulder every now and then and go, hey, you know, represent the customer. They're, you know, they're, who, they're paying your bills and they're who you want to make sure they love what you do and talk about your dinner parties. Uh, what's the P in epic? P is positive. Uh, so being positive in your marketing. Um, I see far too many marketing campaigns um, where the me- message is negative and it's it's either comparing to competitors or um, negative using negative messaging or fear-based messaging mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just not the research is showing that it's just not what consumers are resonating with. We turn off. Yeah, yeah. We mm. see enough negativity in the news. Mm. Um, and the second big one on P is personalised. So this whole trend that we're seeing around customization um, and personalization is just so so powerful. I know you've had um, Mom Purse. Yes. Um, you know, Alana. A, a, a business that's purely built on personalization. Um, 
So, yeah, we're seeing this real trend where consumers are wanting the customised experience, the personalised experience. And this is where as small business owners, again, we have an advantage because we can literally bring in the best of high tech and the best of high touch. Let me understand that. High tech, high touch. So we'd been when, when, as you were talking about personalised, I'm thinking because you've got these beacons in store in retail outlets now, where and if you've got the app for that for that store, and you walk into that store, then the beacon, the little black box in the store, is going to know. Oh, a man is in here, and it might send you a notification that say, "Hey, we know you love, you know, the pink pom pom beanie. Don't know why I thought that, but." You know, like there are, there are, you're How not going to believe, know? I don't know, but you're not going to believe it. The beacon tells you yeah. they're on sale. Yeah. So that's high tech. That's high tech. And I think, bring it back to small business owners, we also have um, access to amazing automation. I mean, isn't it incredible that we live in an era where we can automate and leverage technology to be more productive, mm-hmm. to you know, scale our businesses in ways that weren't even possible five years ago? But I think that we're okay. seeing a real pendulum swing back where customers, consumers are really resonating with brands that offer that highly personalised service. So it might be, for example, that you, that your database um, program, your CRM gives you rich data on uh, when people's birthdays are, uh, when they started, you know, when they first were a customer of yours. And so this whole concept of personalised milestone marketing, I think is really important. So taking... Mm. Even on you know LinkedIn, when you get the birthday notifications, I've just been experimenting with that recently where I will get a birthday notification, but rather than send them or a work anniversary, who wants to get those messages mm. on LinkedIn like, oh, happy 11 years for working at this company, <laughs> boring. Yeah. Um, if it's, you know, take it offline and send them Correct. something. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. the high Absolutely. tech, high touch, I think that the combination of that's really powerful. Okay, so we've got positive and personalised. The I. The I is uh, being interested rather than interesting and mm. and involved. Now, what I mean by that is uh, being interested in your customers rather than interesting. Yes. show curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. So rather than uh, talking about you, your brand, your product, your service, actually making it about your customer. And I'll give you a really simple example. I was in a um, hair salon in Perth recently and you know, when you go into hair salons and often on their walls they'll have their awards and, um, you know, what awards mm-hmm. they've won and all that sort of thing. In this salon I thought was really clever. They had a wall of fame and it was photos, professional photos of all of their customers Brilliant. who'd been a customer for more than 10 years. Brilliant. And I thought that is so clever. Number one, it makes those customers feel really special mm-hmm. um, and probably reduces the chance that they will leave the salon. But secondly, what what it did for me as a first time customer was say this is a business that keeps their customers that keeps their customers and also values their customers Mm -hmm. and you know values their customers more than they value their own awards. Could even do it for less than ten years, a long time. Yeah, couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. Just smaller photos, like these little passport photos for the two years, (laughs) and then it's like ten years. It's like this massive A one print. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big (laughs) political poster. But (laughs) but it also just says that this business. That not only that they value their customers, but they're a business that is about relationships rather than transactions. And I think that your marketing needs to reflect, what, you know, what is it saying? What is your marketing saying? What is your website saying? Is it is it saying that you're a business that transacts with your customers or that you have long-term relationships? And I think the answer to that very much can dictate not only where you choose to market, but mm. how you market. 
The C in EPIC. The C is being customer-centric, and we've sort of touched on that already, but being consistent. So, again, ask yourself, are you living in your world or are you living in your customer's world? Mm -hmm. And and how consistent is your marketing? Uh, And this brings us back to this content issue that so many small business owners, and I know I struggle with it, is just it feels like a chore to be having to produce content all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, Gary V talks about producing 100 pieces of content a day. Oh, he's got to shut up that bloke. He <laughs> talks way too much, way too that much. May, that may, may be and over the top. He's just too above me on the iTunes ladder, which really pisses me off. I and I cannot, does. I just cannot, well, you know, there's no, what can I do? Well, maybe after this episode, you never know. You might okay. be, yeah, yeah, okay. So we'll, we'll, have, we'll have so Gary V time. on the run. If you're listening, Gary V, hi. 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 Uh, so you're being consistent with your marketing. And, you know, one thing that Gary Vee does say that I think has a lot of merit is you are not the one to judge your content. Mm-hmm. The market will judge your content. Sure. So I think we are too, again, we're too um, focused on is it perfect? We're too scared of what people will think. We're too scared of polarising people. I think as small business owners, more than ever now, it's not only about being brave, it's also having the courage to be disliked. Yes. And you will get far more cut through by having a point of view. And that's why, you know, whether it's videos or non-video, having a perspective, having a point of view, that's what gets cut through and makes your marketing epic rather than this vanilla, hey, this is what we do. And it's just not it's just not going to work now or in the future. I'm amazed. You know, I'll go out and if I am speaking at a conference and someone comes up and says, I listen to your show and been listening for a while and say, what episodes have you loved? And because I always like, you know, when someone says, gives you positive feedback, I think that's great, but where's mm. the constructive feedback? It? So yeah. what, did, what did you like? What didn't you like? And they'll say, oh, you know, I love that episode. And I'm like, wow. I really didn't like that episode. Mm. I felt I was I was off point. I thought my guest was low, whatever it was. So yeah, for, for me to sit here and judge, you know, is it, my content. It's just hope you got to put it out there and let the market judge mm. and uh, and get that feedback because and, yeah, that's who you're doing it for. Absolutely, and you've also got to be brave enough to be future focused. I think you know one of my favourite sayings is you're allowed to look in the rear vision mirror, but you're not allowed to stare. And I think that that applies, you know, just as much as with our personal lives as with our marketing. You know, we're focused on what worked yesterday rather than what's going on in our consumer's world. What does our customer of tomorrow look like and how, what are their needs going to be and how can we, uh, how can we deliver on those um, in exciting and anticipatory ways. So I think that more than ever, small business owners need to almost be their own consumer futurist. Mm-hmm. Steve, we've been going a while, loving this conversation. A couple of things before we wrap up. Um, we, we both agree the marketing world's changed. And what I will ask you if there's anything else you kind of want to just kind of really – that's a really bad interview question, by the way. It's like – and just before we finish, <laughs> anything else you'd like to say? And it's like <laughs> that opens the floodgates. But I know that you're a pro and I know that you're just going to leave us with just a little bit of – gold. However, uh, bright, shiny object syndrome. We've, we've commented the marketing world has changed. The consumer's moving at a rate of knots. Um, there is always something new in this marketing world, whether it be a new social media platform or a new way, you know, Facebook are allowing to do this or Insta allowing to do this or whatever it is. Do we chase those bright, shiny objects or do we stick to the fundamentals? I think we've got to bring constantly bring it back to what is going on with our customers rather than what's the medium mm. because yeah. there's so many new things, so cool, many. you know, and we're all guilty of bright, shiny things syndrome because there's so many cool new things to mm. do and be across. 
uh, and leverage, but I think it needs to come back to what's going on in our customers' world and what, rather than the medium, what message is going to really resonate with them. And one of the simple strategies that I think any small business owner can do to ensure that you are constantly maintaining that sense of customer centricity, whether that be with your marketing, your content, your customer experience, is put a customer advisory board together. As small business owners, we make far too many decisions that are um, subjective uh, and having a customer advisory board is a really powerful, cost-effective way. You recruit eight to 10 existing customers, you officially appoint them to an advisory board, you meet with them monthly, it's always a good idea to have an external facilitator and you use it as a sounding board to say, hey, this is what we're doing with our marketing, what do you think? This is what we're thinking about doing with our marketing, what do you think? What would really help you? What could we do to be helping you? What could we be doing to up our customer experience? From your perspective, what are we doing that's, you know, not as good as our competitors? What could we be doing that's better? And you'll be amazed at the level of insight that you will get. So I, I, think, it's, I think it's a great idea. Theoretically, sounds brilliant and I can see it working real time practically. Steve Jobs would have hated it, I reckon. Didn't know Jobsy, but I reckon if Steve Jobs had have gone out to his customer advisory board, maybe you're going to tell me he had one, I don't know, but you know, I think back when he invented the iPod, he's gone out and to the customers and said, hey, listen, you can throw away all your LPs and CDs now because in this little white box, you can put them all. I would have thought people would have gone, nah, there's too much emotional attachment to your LPs and your CDs. So um, I guess my point or my question for you is, out of the advisory board, do you then listen to everything the customer has to say or do you just go, thank you, I'm going to take it on board and use your intuition to then Absolutely. Implement? I wouldn't use it. I wouldn't suggest using a customer advisory board um, as your sole platform for innovation in your business. You know, mm-hmm. as Henry Ford says, if you'd asked people what they <laughs> wanted, it would have been a faster horse. Faster horse. Uh, so I'm not saying that that's your platform for innovation, but I am saying it's a way for you to have a constant to be able to view your business through the eyes of your customer, which as a small business owner, when you're wearing so many hats, is the biggest challenge because Mm. you get so close to it, you're living and breathing, you can't see the forest for the trees and it's very difficult, particularly from a marketing perspective, to make clear decisions when you've got so many options, you know, what do I do, where do I spend my money, Um, what do I dial up, what do I dial down? Mm. So just having that advisory board is a really good way to sense check the decisions that you're making, but certainly... I think you've got to combine that with looking at external research, for example, look at external customer research. And as I said, be your own consumer futurist. Look at what trends are happening that are not only in your industry, but peripheral to your industry, and then use that as a platform for innovation. Steve, I'm going to wrap things up. I hope that out of this, there is a sense amongst those listening that there is hope in their marketing. Stop doing what you've always done. If if you're getting the same results, if they're good results, keep doing it. But if they're kind of meh results, you know, you know that word, meh, meh, yeah. uh, then it's time to do something different. And and even, um, you know, keep doing 75% of what you're doing, but stop 25% and replace it with something brave or epic mm. or a question that's going to allow you to get spoken about at the dinner party or the barbie. Absolutely. And- Being epic in your marketing 
is about an evolution, not a revolution. Nice. We're talking about an evolution. Come on. Mm. Uh, yeah. Stick to your podcast. Wow. See, <laughs> get nothing, <laughs> you know. I just loved having you along or just uh, kick the mic and, you know, it's like having a little friend in the studio just bantering about marketing and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I love it. I love it and I love it when you see small it. business owners take that leap of faith and do something that you know is outside their comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, and it, it just reveals their authenticity and their story. Tell your story. That's kind of the message I'd want to leave people with. Love your work. AmandaStevens.com.au. It's probably, you can find all those videos. You've got an ace blog. You're prolific in your blogging. How many books have you authored? Five. Working wow. on my sixth book Are you? at the moment. Mm. Uh, what's been your favourite book just out of interest? To write? Yeah. Or to read? Uh, to write. Turning customers into advocates. Yeah, you love that one, don't Definitely. you? What's the new one? It's called Epic. Yeah, <laughs> Clever. How to, how to build an epic brand. Right. You should have talked about that. Oh, we did. All, Hang on. We did. It's all about epic. Be Amanda's, epic. Be epic. Be epic or go home. That's like a song. We could write that. <laughs> be epic. Be yeah, epic. Yeah. Be epic. Let's do a rap version, I reckon. AmandaStevens.com.au. Love your work. Thanks for having me, Timbo. There you go. Consumer futurist and Australian keynote speaker of the year for 2018, no less, Amanda Stevens. Be sure to hang around after my top three attention grabber as another listener wins a few hundred dollars worth of prizes. In fact, I'll go as far as saying a thousand dollars worth of prizes for sharing what marketing is working for them. Now, here's what grabbed my attention from our chat with Amanda. Attention grabber number one. I love the idea of a customer advisory board. Genius. Simple, really. If you want to explore that further, I'll put a link over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 454 to a blog post Amanda wrote about exactly that, the customer advisory board. Attention grabber number two, I love this quote, make your marketing worthy of a Friday night dinner party conversation. Love it. Genius. Why wouldn't you? Make your marketing amazing. If you want to explore that topic further, have a listen to an interview I did with Chick Filet owner. He's not a chick, he's a bloke, just the name of the business. Arthur Greener, who talks at length about this whole concept of remarkable marketing. He takes it to another level. He breaks Guinness World Records uh, in order to get exposure for his business. I'll put a link in the show notes to that interview as well. Attention grabber number three. I love Amanda's view that we all need to be epic in our marketing from the inside out. And that starts with creating an epic customer experience. Um, Love the whole concept of customer experience. I'll put a link in the show notes to another interview I've done on that topic as well. That's what grabbed my attention. Whatever grabbed yours, big idea, small idea, just block some time out of your diary and implement it. Come on down. It's Timbo's Monster Prize Draw. Oh, yes, indeedly, doodly. It's that time of the episode. I love this segment, Monster Prize Draw, where I get to give away loads of prizes to a very precious listener. It could be you, if you've written in, who shares what marketing is working for them and what impact it's having on their business. All you got to do, just email me that. One idea you've heard from the show, how it's impacted your business, you win. And today's winner is... (laughs) 
Drew Blackman of KRGS Doors. He didn't win this because of the business name. I can assure you of that. KRGS Doors. What's going on there? Uh, Drew, love your work, mate. And here's what Drew had to say. He says, hey, Timbo. Hey, Drew. I'm an avid listener of your show and I'm in the process of getting our own podcast for our company. I love that. I love seeing other business owners get a podcast. I know I'm biased, but why wouldn't you have a podcast? Why wouldn't you create your own media platform? And here's a guy with a roller door business and he's creating a podcast. I'd love to know what it's about. Drew, when you get it done, mate, send it through. Love to hear an episode. I go back to Drew's email. However, one idea we took from our show was to do a video of an improvement we made to one of our products that we have launched. And rather than email it out, we sent it to our contacts via SMS. Here's the magic. We received responses and inquiries on other products from people that we haven't had repeat business from in two years. And in fact, they've been using our opposition. So thanks for the great tips and tricks, Timbo, and keep up the great work. That's a great thing that you've implemented there, Drew. The fact that you are creating a simple little video, it's showing an improvement, it's clearly helpful, it's going to help people develop trust in your business, and they're going to love you for it. And here you are sending it out via text, which I think is a great idea. You know, I don't get any videos sent to me by text at all, if any. Maybe my kids send me a silly one every now and then. Drew also, actually, I won't go through the rest of his email, but he pitches himself up as a possible guest for this show, which... uh, I like his pitch, and Drew, I may well be in contact. Hey, buddy, just for doing that, here's what you've won. Um, a pass to the Amex Lounge at Melbourne or Sydney International Airport, that's worth 33 bucks. Some 100 bucks worth of tradies underwear. He's my guest next week, more on that in a minute. $50 voucher to buy some Santa Abel PJs from Sophie, past guest. Basin Essentials Pack from Saya Skincare, 79 bucks. Carmen's Muesli Box for 60 bucks. A My DNA Test Kit for 99 bucks. What about this $250 voucher to spend on merchandise at Be Promotive? These are all past guests of the show. Gosh, they're good to me, to you too. Uh, you get promotion on this show. I don't know what that's worth. Lots. And a backlink in the show notes. That's priceless. Add that up. That's over a thousand bucks worth of prizes. I would love to hear what marketing's working for you. Email me, tim at timreid.com.au. If I read it out on air, you win. That almost brings us to the end of episode 454. A reminder that you'll find plenty more where this came from on the podcast One Australia app, plus my entire archive lives over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. Next episode, we catch up with Ben Goodfellow, the brains behind the tradie underwear and workwear brand. It's a great story of how to create a household name in next to no time. If you're getting value from listening, then please let other business owners know about this podcast, which is presented by me. Timbo Reed, and very cleverly pulled together by the witty team at Podcast One Australia. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. Now get out there and take action. <laughs>